Amen. Let's stand all over the house this morning. Let's sing this old hymn of the church, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. you. We glorify your name today. Lord, I pray today that you would bless the gift and the giver. 
Bless those that have to give and those that may not have to give. There's someone here today, God, that can't give for whatever reason. I pray that you would bless them and you would one day give them and be able to so they can give back to you today. Father, I pray that, Lord, there are many out today that are sick in this body of believers. But, God, we are here, and we're here to worship you. And so we ask your presence to come down. Let every song that is sung, every message that is given, every scripture that is read, every tithes and offerings that is taken today be for the advancement and the upbuilding of the kingdom of God. And for that, we give you all praise, glory, and the honor. Together, the people of God said amen. Amen. During our meet and greet, will you come and bring your offering to the Lord? God bless you. center area. Uh, if you go right out of the connection center area, go outside the doors and kind of make a nice hard left like you're going back to the children's ministry wing, you'll see uh, this nice, beautiful, decorated uh, silver horse trough. That's your baptismal pool. <laughs> uh, I did not I did not feed any animals out of it this week. I cleaned it out, but uh, you'll we'll have baptism there uh, this afternoon or this uh, shortly this afternoon, I do want to um, make mention to you right immediately following service. I just need to uh, give a uh, uh, 
right at the end of service just a update uh, on some things uh, regarding uh, we were supposed to have church business meeting today. I'm going to share with you a couple things really fast, and then next week uh, the things we need to vote on, we'll, we'll talk more in detail to give you time to think about it. Um, but we have some issues uh, with, the, with some things going on here at the church with plumbing and other things that we need to get corrected. And uh, it's really, unfortunately, there's no other way to fix it but than the options that we're going to present to you. So if you'll just give about two minutes, I'll share that with you. And then uh, the other items we can table until next Sunday morning. So that some of you, I know you got family that have come here for baptism. We want you to come have baptism. Go and be with your families today. Uh, we are excited about Baptism Sunday. So for all of you that are going to be getting baptized, uh, we just want to tell you that we are excited. We're joining you on this journey of faith together. And um, so we're excited. Let me just tell you today, there's a lot to be prayed for um, Sister uh, April uh, Craven and her family are not here this morning uh, because um, all of her girls got really sick. In fact, they're at doctor's care now. We're not sure, but the, but baby Hadley uh, is uh, got a real deep cough. They don't know if it's pneumonia, bronchitis, but she's really having a hard time. And the other girls are struggling as well. So they went to get checked out this morning. Uh, Brother Mike and Sister Glenda King. Uh, their daughter uh, got sent to the hospital last night, Jessica, with, uh, with some issues with uh, uh, Bell Palsy and some high blood pressure. We, they were able to get the blood pressure down, and she's home, but uh, her face and her with the Bell Palsy still has not relinquished its, its grip, if you will. Right now, she's still battling with that, and so we want to pray for that as well. Remember uh, the Harley family as well, who are battling today as well. And there are others, uh, the Horoskis, uh, they're in the, on the road traveling to Virginia today. We helped get them moved uh, over the weekend. They're on their way to Virginia, so we want to pray for safe traveling with all the U-Hauls and everything else that's going on with that. Uh, don't forget, if you do have children, please make sure to sign them out at the end of the church. Don't forget, also, Saturday is our Senior uh, Pillars Ministry Breakfast, uh, 55 older. Uh, if you're going to come eat breakfast with us here at the church, we need you to sign up uh, in the back in the Connection Center because we need to know how much food to prepare. So there's a sign-up sheet back there. Please make sure you sign up for that and uh, make sure that we know how to prepare for you accordingly. Uh, Brother Randy's going to come today. He is going to lead us in Scripture and prayer. And immediately following that, he is going to bless us today uh, with our special selection. God bless you. Come here, glad to be here. All right. Genesis of Psalms, which is book one of Psalms, and Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the sway of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I chose a song this morning. Uh, I've been, those of you who are in Sunday school this morning, uh, going back how Scripture fulfills Scripture. In Isaiah 53, it talked about the lamb being led to the slaughter and being silenced. Well, part of the story that goes along with that is uh, the fact
fact that Pilate washed his hands. So we're going to pray first. And after I pray, I'm going to sing the song that says, I find no fault in him. So let's pray to the Lord. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name for everything you've done for us today. Lord, we thank you for being with us this week. Lord, there are so many that are sick. We pray that you will touch them where they are, whether they're in the hospital or the doctor's office at their house. Be with them and lift them up and strengthen them, Lord. Continue to abide with them and help them. Lord, I pray for those that are on the road, that you will give them traveling mercies. For those that have to work today, Lord, that you will be with them, strengthen them, and let them be thinking of you as they're working, Lord, because we know that a Christian is going to do his best work when he is doing work for you. Lord, I pray you will continue to abide with us and help us. We ask all this in Jesus' holy, precious name. They all said, Amen. this morning. We're going to continue in worshiping the Lord. I hope that is your prayer still today and you still believe that, that he was despised and rejected, but we find no fault in Jesus our Lord. Let's continue to worship. This song simply says, we have come into this house to praise him, to lift up holy hands, to praise
praise the great I am. So let's worship together, together. simply just says that there's 10,000 reasons that we can give God praise today. So let's worship Him today. Lord, we worship You and we honor You today. Lord, we know that You are worthy of all our praise. There's no one like unto You. Lord, we know that we are only in this house today because of the mercy and the grace of God. And God, our prayer today is that Your presence would make residency with us. And You would inhabit the praise of Your people. Lord, today that we would have someone's heart or life changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And that's our prayer today. So we sing, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, we'll worship His holy name. Sing like this.
to every situation we may face, there's a blood still flows. And we can claim that today. That can be our heart's desire to claim the blood of Jesus. That's the best thing we can have on our side is the blood of Jesus. So that's our prayer today. For I claim the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary. Oh yes, those precious blood stains were made there just
you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. Oh, we give you praise, Lord. We glorify the name above the Lord. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. Lord, you are high and lifted up. God, you are exalted. You are Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end. Lord, we worship you today. We glorify you today. For I claim the blood Jesus shed on Calvary. Those precious blood stains were made there just for me. church that are battling debilitating migraines. There are people that have family members that are battling Alzheimer's and dementia. God, Brother Robert Chambers, part of our body of believers here, God is unable to come to church and doesn't even remember his own family and don't remember anything because of dementia and sundowners and Alzheimer's. He's, he's not the same man. God, there are people that have loved ones that have made bad decisions and they have now had to help step in and fill the gaps of things to take care of children and grandchildren that God were in an unstable environment. There are people in this congregation that are battling future health issues that they went to doctors about and, and they're scared. They're, they don't know what's going to be. They, they, it doesn't look good. There are people that have been specialists and still don't have clarity of answers. But God, I, I believe in what we've said today. Some may trust in horses, and some may trust in chariots, but we shall trust in the name of our God. Whose report will we believe? God, we shall believe the report of the Lord. They shall, not, they shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. Cancer. You will not destroy it. They shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. In the cranial hypertension, pulmonary embolism, you shall not be able to take them. They shall live 
and not die to declare the works of the Lord. I believe, God, the words that we have spoken in this song today, that I can claim the blood, this precious blood Jesus shed. It's the same blood for all my sicknesses, my health, my pain, my wealth, my going, my coming, whatever I have need of, it all falls under the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's still power in the blood of Jesus, for it reaches to the highest of mountains. It flows to the lowest of valleys. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It shall never, ever lose its power. There's still power in the blood of the Lamb of God. There's still power in the blood. So I claim the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary. Oh, you sing, sing it like you mean that today, church. Those precious blood stains were made Glory, glory, glory! We claim! 
you prepared you 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 ask God for clarity and direction word and orchestrations of service you ask God to give you supernatural if you will insight and it's amazing to me how God just does it when you don't know what to do Sometimes you just stand on the promises of His Word. Amen. Now I know that I am very cognizant of the time. I sat at my house last night, and I, even up until the lateness of the hour, my wife was asking, "When are we gonna? When are you gonna go to bed?" She didn't want to go without me. And I said, "I don't know. I still didn't have the sermon. I had ideas, but not the thing." I won't probably get to preach it all today, but I feel like I at least got to tell you part of the story. Here's what the Lord spoke last night. And in Luke chapter 24, I'm just going to read it. You don't have to grab your Bibles. It'll be on the screen. Now, behold, there were two men, and they were traveling on the same day towards the village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. They talked together all of the things which had happened. And so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went to them. And I stopped reading right there last night. I thought, God, what the rest of the story says, just in that, those few verses, something just stuck to me. If you just bear with me just for a few moments this morning, I just, you saw people come up here with, with issues, they had, they had needs, they had requests that they had to offer to the Lord, they, some were health related, some were family related, and some we don't even know what they were, what they were, they were unspoken, but I was sitting in my chair last night, or sitting in my room table putting this sermon together last night and I said God I I read this word I see this word but I need to know what is the I always need a title God I need something to be the driving home factor this is all I come up with there's still more to the story the story didn't end at the grave and the story didn't stop on the Emmaus road so for every one of you that came up this morning and you gave to God you gave your request unto the Lord let me tell you this morning, that's not the end of the story. Jordy, the stuff you're going through, it's not the end of the story. Brianna, the stuff you're facing, that's not the end of the story. Sister Sherry, what Aaron's going through, it's not the end of the story. Sister James, it's not the end of the stories. Brother Sister Barnes for Julie, it's not the end of the story. There's more to the story. Amen. There's more to the story. Yes, he bled. Yes, he died. Yes, he arose. But he's coming back again. There's more to the story. He did not stay dead, and he's not staying gone. There's more to the story. Father, to the best of my ability for the next few moments, help me to tell this word that's burning in my heart to your people today. I don't want it to be my word, but I want it to be your word that is heard and spoken. God, I pray that you take a coal from the altar of heaven and anoint these lips of clay that I may decree and declare what thus saith the Almighty God today. For that, I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Christ's name we pray. The people of God said amen. 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 If you'll be seated just briefly, I won't keep you long. I know we have baptism. But I think there are some folks here today. There are some that came up to the altar already. But I think there are some still in this house today. You need to hear the rest of the story. Amen. Oh, yeah, he died on the cross. Oh, yeah, he was beaten unmercifully. His every orphan.
surface of his body was exposed. Every part and organ, vital organ of his body was visible and his flesh was ripped from top to bottom. Oh yes, he walked an arduous road up a dusty road and a rock-filled road to Calvary. Yes, he was nailed to a cross. Yes, excruciating pain wrecked his body. Yes, blood flowed and pooled at the bottom at the foot of the cross. But there's still a fountain filled with blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins where sinners plunge beneath the cross and lose all their guilty stains. There's still more to the story. Yes, Joseph of Arimathea came and asked for his body. It was a borrowed tomb for Jesus, but an old tomb for Joseph. So for some of us, we got to realize that Jesus... What Jesus wants is He wants all of us. He wants what we can offer Him. We don't even have to offer Him much. He'll just take what He can get and do something special with it. Amen. Jay, take Him off that body. He and Nicodemus travel to Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. They place Him in a borrowed tomb. The women come with spices. They kind of see where He's at and everything's going. Then three days later, they come to the tomb after Passover is completed. They come to pay tribute or honor or homage, if you will, to his body. They get there. You know the story. We talked about it last week. Stones rolled away. Angels are in there. Everybody's missing. And everybody says, he is not here, for he is risen. You know the story. We know that the women come back. They tell Peter and John. Peter and John run to see this phenomenon. None of the other, none of the other nine disciples of the, of the eleven, the other nine stayed home, locked up in barricades. They didn't want to come out. They were afraid the Romans would arrest them, so they stayed hidden. Peter and John, they had to go see the tomb. They had to believe it. Peter had to go. He had to rem- He had to make sure that it was true because the last thing he remembered was the hurt that he caused Jesus. John went with him because John knew he was responsible for Jesus' mother, so he wanted to know, how am I going to explain this to his mom? He's not there. They come back. Mary has the encounter with Jesus in the garden and Jesus asks her who do you seek and she says I'm seeking Jesus the teacher the great teacher if you know where he's at please tell me and I'll I won't be mad just tell me where you've laid him and Jesus called her by her name and when he called her by name she recognized it was it was the voice of God can I tell you that you can be called by lots of names but when God calls you you'll recognize that voice Amen. than any other voice you've ever heard there's something about the name of Jesus in fact, the old song says there's still something about that name. Demons have to flee. Hell shudders. Sicknesses has to come under subjection. All by just simply ushering the name Jesus. These two men, they have left Jerusalem. They've been there. They've seen it all. They've heard it all. They experienced it. They saw everything that had happened. But just when you think that you have it all figured out, that's most of the time when you don't have it figured out at all. Because most of the time when we feel like we have arrived and we have figured it out, we come to find out we really don't know as much as we thought we knew after all. Amen. The Bible says they're on this journey. They're having this conversation. During this journey, we see the hurt. There's some of you under the sound of my voice watching online and some of you sitting in this pews today. You've experienced hurt in your life. You've been hurt by a spouse. You've been hurt by a parent. You've been hurt by an in-law. You've been hurt by a child. You've been hurt by your own siblings. You've been hurt by, dare I may say, the church. 
You've been hurt by God's people. You've been hurt. You've been forsaken and had your back turned on by friends. You've been through hurt. But can I tell you, even when no one else knows what you're going through, Jesus knows what you're going through. And he always shows up right on time. They're walking this road. They're having this conversation. They're on a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem back to Emmaus. If they averaged walking a 20-minute mile, it would have took them about two and a half hours to get from point A to point B. It would have been about a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour journey if they had walked 20 miles per hour. They begin to talk. They begin to take all these things. What do you think these things mean? They begin, the Bible talks about they reasoned, and they, they begin to discuss and try to put into words what happened. The great teacher, the one we followed, the one we served, he was supposed to help us, and he's gone. And not only is he gone, he's missing. He's not in the tomb. We don't know where he's at. He didn't come back and say goodbye. We don't know anything. They're hurt. They're trying to figure out all these things. In fact, the Bible says that I read it to you. And they talk together of all these things which had happened. They're trying to figure this thing out. So they decide the best thing to do is to go home. When you don't know what else to do, they thought, well, we don't know what else to do, so let's go home. We'll go back to doing what we know to do. That's what the disciples did. They didn't know what else to do. They went back fishing. Peter, James, John, the disciples, they, Jesus finds them on the beach as they're out there in the middle of the water fishing because they went back to doing what they knew to do. You see, there was a guy by the name of Cleopas that was on this journey. He was one of the two men. Many scholars believe his wife, Mary, was, uh, his wife was Mary. That The Bible talked about Mary of Cleopas and and basically was one of the ladies who would go ahead of Jesus and prepare for his arrival in towns. And, and some people say he may have even been the uncle or, or been family related to Jesus' mother, Mary, and, and had interworkings there. And they are traveling and they are talking and they are trying to figure it all out. And Jesus shows up. They're just walking along and this third guy comes along. I immediately sat at my table last night and began to think, Brother Larry, my mind immediately went, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I know that has nothing to do with Easter, but that's where it went. I'm going to tell you why. Because you know me, I like playing with numbers. I love biblical numerology. Number three is the number of divine order or divine completion. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's all about the triune God, divinity. And I remember when, when Nebuchadnezzar said, Who's going to save you, boys? There's only three of you. Who's going to figure this out? I'm going to throw you in this furnace. What's going to happen? And they said, You can burn us. You can kill us. You can do whatever you want to, but we if God delivers, so be it. But if he doesn't deliver us by the fire, so be it. But we won't turn our back on him now. And they threw him in the fire, and you know the story. The fourth man came walking in the fire. But what I love about this story is there was only two people. And sometimes in life when you see only two people walking along the road, I always say there's three sides to every story. There's your side, there's my side, and then there's the right side. Because sometimes my side's not right, sometimes your side's not right. Sometimes there's a side between us that's right. And so they're walking, they're reasoning. But can I tell you, when you don't know where to go, you don't know what to do, and you don't even know where you're headed, I'm telling you, Jesus can be the third man that comes along the journey and complete the order and say, let me walk along this road with you and let me explain some things to you. Because when everything in your life is chaotic and everything in your life is hurtful and everything in your life is chaos and you don't know where pandemonium is coming from the left or to the right, when Jesus walks in, everything falls into order everything falls into completion when he shows up everything else becomes alright it becomes alright 
hurting, they're hopeless. And here comes Jesus. But they never realized it was him. Can I tell you, sometimes in our journey of faith, we can be so hurt by things in our lives that we miss the moments Jesus comes by our way because everything else has us distracted but our focal point on him. Everything else takes center stage but him. Jesus promised he'd never leave them nor forsake them. He doesn't want us to be sad and hopeless. He doesn't want us to struggle and they begin to offload on Jesus they begin to get some things off their chest he was supposed to help us we're disappointed in the government we're disappointed in the church we wanted help he was supposed to be the savior what do we do now by verse 21 they started describing the hope they were looking for we thought he would redeem us we waited for three days the women were astonished they were amazed but we're not convinced we we know what he said but we haven't seen him. The other guys, Peter and John, they went to the tomb. There was no corpse. It just doesn't make sense. We don't understand. We thought he was our hope. I remember when COVID hit, 2019 through 21, I began to think, God, how are you going to help us get through this thing? If you've been in our church that long, you know that I came up with an acronym for the word hope. Hold on pandemic's end. It didn't seem like that in 2019, but here in 2023, can I tell you, hold on, pandemic's end. But I want to coin a new phrase today for you about hope. Hold on, problems end. Hold on, pain ends. Hold on, God's promises are eternal. If you just hold on long enough, honey, you're going to figure out that the things of this world won't mean a hill of beans when this is all said and done because when you get to heaven, we'll understand it better by and by. Hold on. Your pain, your problem, your predicament, it will all cease because the promises of God are yes and amen. Hold on. God's promises are eternal. Hold on. Just hold on. He begins to lay the word on them begins to talk to them. Jesus, by verse 25 and 26, begins to share the word of God. He said, do you not believe what the prophets have spoken? He explained to them. He told them about Moses and the prophets. He rebuked them for unbelief. He told them, he said, do you not know that Jesus was supposed to fulfill this journey? They keep getting, and they finally arrive at Emmaus. Here's the part that I don't want you to miss today. You may be hurting. You may be struggling. You may have hoped that your life would have ended differently. Your marriage would have ended differently. Your children would have ended differently. Your church would. You might have a lot of things you wish were different. But don't allow, don't allow the things of the cares of this life make you miss the divine moments God has in store for your life. Amen. Because the Bible says they arrive at Emmaus and Jesus kept walking. He was leaving. The Bible gave clear instructions. Jesus had been had the intention of passing on by or going further along or to depart. He was headed off. But they learned how to be hospitable. Can I tell you, when you welcome the Lord into your home, I'm not talking about your physical address. I'm talking about our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, therefore I will not defile it. I'm talking about when you tell Jesus, you come on in and I, and I want you to make res. When you open up the door, he will come in and sup with you. He will come live with you. you got to invite him along the journey. Amen. 
He's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself. He wants you to want him to be part of the journey. And there are too many people. They're hurting. They're hoping that things in their lives would have been different. But when Jesus did come to the scene and ready to rescue them, they missed their moment because they did not invite him along the way. They did not ask him to join the, the journey. They asked him to stay. I remember when I worked at Chick-fil-A back in high school and early college days. When you go through extensive training, yeah, you learned how what temperature you needed to cook the chicken sandwiches and how long to drop the nuggets and the peanut oil and how long to do that. But at the end of your training, they didn't care if you ever messed that up or not. That was not what was important to them. They had a line at the very bottom of your training that they, if you didn't get this right, you didn't get the job. You could take the test. You could miss that it's not, if you said 350 degrees for the chicken and it was supposed to be 375, they'd overlook it and say, well, you're going to have a manager just always. You know. That's not what they clipped you on. They clipped you on the last section of the interview was what they called the second mile service. Because Chick-fil-A ensured that they weren't going to discriminate, but they weren't going to have people misrepresent their brand either. I want to remind some of us today that we represent the brand of Christ. We need to be careful we don't misrepresent the brand. We need to make sure we're not giving false, if you will, advertisement to a brand called Christianity and Christ-likeness that is not Christ-like at all. And on that thing, it would say things like this. The customer is always right regardless of the situation. They come back and say the chicken sandwich is cold. I don't care if you watched it cook in the back and it burnt and gave you third-degree burns. Package it in the package. Cook another one. They're right. They also trained us. I told, I have said many times since then that Chick-fil-A is the number one worldwide leading organization for brainwashing. If they ever wanted to send somebody that knows how to do warfare and brainwashing and change their thought process, send a Chick-fil-A representative across the way. They are the best brainwashers than anybody's ever seen. Because I had my entire life, Brother Brett, had been told by my mom, when someone says thank you, you always should say you're welcome. And if I messed up, she'd say, what do you say? What do you tell them? You're welcome. You're welcome. They say thank you, say you're welcome. When you have Chick-fil-A, you don't say you're welcome. You say, my pleasure. I went to a youth retreat when I was a youth pastor, and I went to North Tennessee. And I was holding the door at the Fairmont Inn and Suites Hotel, just holding the door, letting some lady come in who had a bunch of luggage. I hadn't met this lady from Adam's house, cat, never met her a day in my life. I was holding the door, and she said, oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. And before I could think, I had, I had not worked for Chick-fil-A for eight years by that point. I said, my pleasure. She stopped, turned around, walked back out and said, I have a question. Have you ever worked at a Chick-fil-A? <laughs> I said, do what? She said, well, I'm from South Georgia. And down in South Georgia, whenever I go to get Chick-fil-A, the lady always tells me it was her pleasure to serve. And I said, well, unfortunately... I would love to say that I haven't worked at Chick-fil-A, but I have actually worked at Chick-fil-A, and I now wish I didn't work at Chick-fil-A because I'm now known as I've worked for Chick-fil-A even though I hadn't worked there in 10 years because I said my pleasure. And I have tried since that day. I have tried to break that. And I still find myself today. Someone says, thank you. I say, oh, my pleasure. No big deal. My pleasure. It's like it's ingrained. 
because they taught the art of being hospitable. They wanted, when they walked through the door, they wanted you to feel like you mattered. I have often said if a church was growing and they needed any help, they needed to hire Chick-fil-A to come teach their greeters, their ushers, and their parking lot attendants. Chick-fil-A can align through a drive-through line a whole lot faster than any other restaurant that you go to. They can get you in and out. They know how to put the cones properly. They know how to do scanning, mobile scanning. They are professional. You can go to Chick-fil-A, eat dinner, and be out of there for, and go home and get in bed before you can even get through Burger King's line in Monk's Corner. McDonald's can't even hear what you say on their speaker because half the time it's out. And when you ask her, she wants to know. When you say, I want a cheeseburger plain, she wants to know, do you want the meat on it? I just don't want the condiments. Yes, I want the meat. What kind of burger do you eat with no burger? Can I get a double cheeseburger plain so you just want bread? No, I want a burger, lady. I'm a, that's why I just go to Chick-fil-A. It's God's chicken. It's, it's reverent. You don't believe it. Back in, I think it was 2017 or 16. Popeyes came out with a Chick-fil-A sandwich. South Carolina had never been hit with a hurricane. Hurricane Dorian came right on through because Popeyes tried to mimic Chick-fil-A's chicken. Do not mess with God's chicken. I still eat there today. I have an app on my phone. If you want to know, I'm a platinum member because that's how much I spend. I don't have Delta Sky Miles, but I have platinum miles with Chick-fil-A. The reality of it is we represent the brand of God. But on this journey of faith, we have to remember that sometimes we have to welcome the Holy Spirit with us. We have to say, even so, welcome Holy Spirit. Come and be in our midst. We have to long for His presence to stay with us. I read a quote one time, some folks make you feel at home, other folks make you wish you were at home. You decide which part you want to be. Amen. On our church website, I try. I did a... It was kind of a cruel test, but I did it on our leadership team at our last uh, leadership meeting. I asked all of them, I said, hey, on our church website, when you first bring up our church website and the banner starts scrolling, what's the first thing that you see on the website? And you know none of my leaders could tell me. I was ashamed. I broke my heart. I was like, all that effort in this website, they don't even know what it says. Most of them, after that is over, anybody know what it is now? Wait, who said it? What is it? Welcome home. I do not care. If you know how to speak in tongues, hello, preacher. I'm Pentecostal. I believe in it. If you were here Wednesday night, you know I teach it still. I don't really care if you can play the banjo. Can, let me know. We'd love to have you. But I don't care. I don't care if you teach a Sunday school class. If you do, God bless you. We're glad to have you. I don't care if you know how to clean the church. If you do, Miss Sandy would love for you to join her team. God bless you. We'd love to have you. The only thing I care about is when you walk through these doors, I want you to know you're welcome. You walk through this door, you are loved. You are a part of this family. You may not know me. You may not know us. You may not. But when you leave here, you'll, I don't want you to ever go to another church and say, well, there was another church that was friendlier. There was another church that loved more. You might go to a church that had more programs. You might go to a church that had bigger facilities. You might have churches that have bigger lights and bigger operations. You may go with parking lot greeters and gift bags and all that. That's great. But I promise you, as long as I stay the, the chief under-shepherd of this house with Jesus Christ being the chief shepherd, you will never go to a church as long as I'm serving here where you will be loved more or you will be valued more or that you will feel more welcome. You are home. Welcome home. Kick your shoes off. You're on holy ground. Welcome home. Welcome home. The Bible says their heart began to burn. They they couldn't stand it. They were just, they, they were talking to Jesus. And the more they explained, the more they just seemed like they couldn't explain it. And the Bible says that Jesus broke bread, communed with them. Immediately when he passed out the bread, 
Bible says their eyes were opened and they realized that was God they had been with. Now here's how you know when you've really been with God. You'll do things that otherwise you wouldn't do beforehand. If I've walked seven miles for two and a half hours, the last thing I want to do is walk seven miles back two and a half hours. I don't want to walk 14 miles four hours because I just want to be a fitness guru. After that seven miles, I want to sit in a recliner, watch a Braves baseball game, drink a Dr. Pepper cream soda, and not be bothered for three hours. That's what I want. My wife and I, it's so funny, we, we, we were, last night I was watching the South Carolina Gamecocks spring football game. My wife sat down, she's trying to have a conversation with me. She said, you're not paying me any attention. I said, I am not. I'm just going to be honest, I am not. And she said, well, who's playing? I said, South Carolina. She said, who they're playing against? I said, South Carolina. She said, are you stupid? I said, what do you mean? She said, I said, it's Garnet versus Black. She said, it's the same team? I said, yeah, it's a scrimmage. She said, and we're, you're watching the, them play against each other? What is this? She left. She got up and left the room. You know what? I was just as fine sitting there watching the Garnet and Black play each other. It didn't bother me one bit. I don't care if it was the same team. It was the Gamecocks playing. It's all that mattered. Their heart burned. And when they saw it, the Bible said they didn't finish the meal. They got up and they ran seven miles back to Jerusalem, found the other 11 and said, oh, how our hearts burned when we were talking with him. Something can I tell you when you come to church or when you get into his word or you start praying, something in your spirit should start burning. You should start feeling something. It's called fanning the flame, those embers. You should feel something and say, I don't know. I can't always explain it. But I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So I went to 1211 North Highway 52 on April 16th. I don't understand what all those crazy people were doing, but I know that while I was in that service, Something was happening. I felt something I never felt before. I felt a wind blow that I never felt blow before. I felt something in my heart start stirring I never felt before. Oh, how my heart did burn because he was in our midst. Miss Carol, as you make your way, they run back. They get back into the room with the disciples and they start telling the story with the other 11 hey guys listen I know what Peter and John said I know what Mary said but I'm telling y'all he really is alive we were walking on that Emmaus road we've been walking y'all know we left early this morning headed back home and when we were walking this third man started walking alongside of us and we started hearing what he had to say and we started listening to what the word of the Lord had to say and he broke bread I can't explain it to you can I tell you today church when you least expect it then you least know it's coming whenever you think that Jesus doesn't know where you are. He knows exactly where you are. Yes, Jesus appeared to the two of them on the Emmaus Road. But the Bible said while they yet still spake about the journey, Jesus appeared into the room with the other eleven. What are you trying to tell me, preacher? I'm trying to tell you whether you are as far away as possible or whether you're as close as you can be. Jesus will find you. He will find you. He will make residence with you. And when he walked into the room, he said, Peace be unto you. What is that? What are you saying? If I saw a ghost come through a room, I'm going to be freaked out. My nine millimeter is going to put a lot of holes in the wall. And I don't even profess to be a good shot, but I'm going to shoot that thing to death. There's only one problem. You can't kill a ghost. If it's a ghost, you're going to tear up your wall and the ghost is going to be like, are you done? And you're still freaked out. They're terrified, but Jesus says, don't be afraid. Are you real? He said, check my hands. Check my feet. One thing I learned about ghosts, I've never really seen one. You have. God bless you. Keep them at your house. 
one thing I have learned about ghosts, ghosts don't eat. Because if they did, they're translucent. The food would fall to the floor. It doesn't have a stomach decay. It just would fall down. To prove Jesus is real, he said, do you have anything to eat? He brought him fish and bread and he ate it. And immediately as he ate it, he was gone. Validated he was real. He was alive. Sometimes you don't have to have it all figured out. You just got to be willing to give Jesus what you've got. You may not have filet mignon if you just got a piece of bread. Metaphorically speaking, just give him what you got. He'll take it from there. You say, Pastor, what is your what are you trying to tell me today before we close today? I'll tell you there's more to the story. There's more to the story. It's just like there was more to this story after the resurrection of Christ. There's some of you that have come out here today, you've prayed. Some of you maybe have had unspoken requests. I believe with all my heart, God came by today to remind somebody today the story is not finished being written. He's still writing the story. And if you're still sitting in this pew, as of right now, you still have breath, right now, God's not finished with your story. And in just a few minutes, we're going to walk outside these double doors. We're going to take a left. We're going to find nothing more than a glorified horse trough water there's nothing special about the horse trough it doesn't do anything great there are going to be people that sit down in this tub of water they're going to profess before God and man they have made Jesus Lord and Savior of their life they're going to go down representing dead to sin raised to new life in Christ in the act of baptism by immersion you know what they're really saying though more to my life story. What I used to be, who I used to be, and what I used to be is no longer the case. God's writing another part of my story. Some of you in this house today, you may feel discouraged and defeated, but God is still writing your story. Don't get discouraged to the point that you miss the days of visitations He comes by. Come to the altar. Come receive. Don't miss your moment. Every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask this one question. Well, two questions. The first question is, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, the full pardoning of your sin, you would like to make sure that you're okay with Him should eternity call you home. You don't know if you're saved today, but you'd like to be. I'm not going to embarrass you. Will you just slip your hand? I'd like to pray for you today. I don't want anybody to leave this place not sure where they are with Jesus Christ. Are there any? All right, thank you. Here's my question today, and I'm praying that we're up and we're going to go to baptism. to know if anybody here would just say pastor right now I'm going through some things in my life I don't even know what there's just a lot that I'm dealing with right now pastor I'd like for you to pray for me today that God would help me understand that there's still more to my story help me understand what's going on pastor you pray for me that God will keep writing more to my story you just want me to pray for you today I'm not looking. No one looking around but me and Jesus. Yes, I see that hand. Any others? God bless you. God bless you. Father, to the best of my ability, I have preached your unadulterated word to the people of God today. And I have done my best to decree and declare what thus saith Almighty God. Father, I pray that in this moment, the sacredness of this hour, that you would speak to our hearts. You would let out those that need prayer today experience prayer in a supernatural way. Father, I believe that you are our portion, our deliverer, our
worship and everything we give you the praise and the glory and the honor and God may you bless us and keep us and your face shine upon us be gracious to us lift up your countenance towards us give us the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard our hearts until you come again let the words of our mouth the meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight oh Lord our strength and you bless our Redeemer people of God together say amen amen Amen. Before we head to baptism, I want to do, say this. We have some safety tank issues, and we want you next Sunday morning, we're going to give you all the details, but we're going to have to make a decision, good, bad, or indifferent, to fix some septic issues here at the church. It's quite an arduous task to do. We have to get it done. We also have some remodeling projects that we want to bring to you to vote on about some projects for us to work toward. If all possible, please next Sunday morning come and, and hear what we have to say.